All right, good morning. Uh, first, I want to thank you guys uh, for your patience this morning. There's a lot of housekeeping going on today. And so if you're visiting, there is a lot of housekeeping going on today. The sermon also, this is about shepherds. And uh, so really, uh, thank you for your patience with that. This is not a normal worship service for us. Um, but I do want to go ahead and uh, let's just, I, I want this to be a time where we kind of engage with God in prayer. My message is going to be very short, partially because my voice is completely gone. Um, but I do have some things in my heart that I really want to share this morning. And, and let's just put ourselves before God's throne and allow him to, uh, to speak to us. Let's, let's pray. Uh, Holy Father in heaven, I just, um, we, we do want to recognize your presence. And I want to recognize, uh, God, just what you are doing in your body and in lives that are, that are here. God, the way that you're using uh, so many people in this room and incredible ministries. And I just pray, Father, for this year that this is a dynamic year for this church. And in every every life that's here, uh, I pray, God, that you would give us the energy and the strength um, to be something more, that, that we would never be guilty of spinning our wheels, that we'd never be guilty of just being casual. Uh, but God, lead us as a shepherd. Uh, it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start out with, a, in, with you in the book of Titus uh, here in just a minute. I just kind of want to look at the opening verses of chapter 1 of the book of Titus. Uh, before I do, um, I want to catch you up on a couple of things. First, I want to introduce a couple of friends of mine, um, uh, Chavez Dukes and Marisa Olivas. Uh, if you don't mind standing, Chavez was baptized into Christ just a couple days ago. So guys, just give him a hand. Praise God for them. You you can be seated, but I, I really want to encourage you guys to meet them um, after church. I was super encouraged just by lunch and spending time with them a couple of days ago. Um, also, a girl that you guys have been in prayer about, um, a, a lot of you, uh, a little over a week ago, we had a young lady who was baptized into Christ, and um, just a very personal thing, her, um, her husband really objected, and it was a very difficult thing uh, that I've been processing this last week and, and going back and forth. And really praying about that situation. And, and I know that some of you are involved with that. Um, and so my heart is going out to her this morning as well. And so that was, it's very personal when I was preparing some of these thoughts on what a shepherd is. Um, what a shepherd is called to be. Um, Titus um, was left on the island of Crete. Now a lot of you know that. If, if, you, if you read the book of Titus, it's a short letter in the New Testament. And it opens with these words, the reason I left you in Crete was that you might straighten out what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. An elder must be blameless, the husband of but one wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient since an overseer is entrusted with God's work. That was in, in that whole verse, that was the one that caught me as is, wow, You've been entrusted with the very work of God, the chief shepherd, um, and to be engaged in and carrying out a work that you recognize as God's work. Man, it's such a sobering thought. But this is what I wanted to show you. Um, check this out. That's the island of Crete. Um, and I want to give you an idea how big this place is. Homer uh, wrote about this island um, about a century or longer than that, actually, before Christ. Um, but he said this about it. There were 90 cities on that island. 90 cities on that island. This is how big it is. That's Crete overlaying Colorado right here. So it's the entire front range of Colorado is the island of Crete. 90 cities. 
Homer said that each one of those cities, I don't know how true this is, especially in the time of Paul, but he said that each one of those cities spoke a different language. How about that? So 90 different cities, and, and Titus is left alone on the island. Go appoint elders. Man, we can't appoint elders in a church. I mean, it's tough. We can. I'm not being a pastor. But it's tough, man. It's a process. We're sitting here going through meetings and all this stuff. And you need to go throughout 90 cities on the island of Crete and appoint elders and languages that you don't even know. Guys, I have no clue what happened or how that was carried out. Or if Titus laughed when he got the letter. I, I don't know what he was thinking was carrying this out, but I want to talk about the importance of this because that is the key thing. When we start talking, like I said, we're doing a lot of house, uh, uh, house cleaning this morning. We're talking about things that we got to talk about, you know, all this stuff. But man, well, as soon as we throw titles out at you, when I talk about, sh- I really apologize for my voice, guys. I start talking about shepherds and overseers and deacons and all of these things. People are just start drooling on themselves like, oh man, we're talking about church leadership, a lot of these things. But let me tell you something, man. The importance of a shepherd in your life. For those of you who have needed a shepherd and desperately needed a real shepherd in your life, you understand the importance of it. I am, my time with, and my message is going to be short and I decided to make it a little bit personal and leave some of my notes for next week. But in my time working with the church, um, I have worked with shepherds that were very discouraging to me. And I've worked with shepherds that have changed my life in radical ways. I know what it is to have both. I've been in elders meetings where it brought out the worst of me and I had an opinion about everything. My dad was my elder for a while. How about that? He was actually a very good elder. But he was my elder for a while. And the truth is, I hated what happened to me. I got opinions about parking lots. Strong opinions. My personality, I have a strong opinion about everything. You can't do something without me sitting there criticizing what you're doing. I'm not saying that to intimidate me. I hate that about myself. I criticize everything, and I criticize myself, and I criticize other people. And there was a time when I was going to these meetings, and I realized we had developed a culture, a culture where we were all the professional trying to correct the rest of the professionals in the room about how to do church right. You know you've experienced that. About how to do church right, you know? What is a shepherd? This is what God wrote to the shepherds of Israel. And Ezekiel 34 is not a passage that is commonly gone to, but I want to tell you this. I believe it's the root passage for most of the shepherd talk in the New Testament. This is what Ezekiel 34 says, and I'm just going to read some of this. And now it starts out dark. This sermon is not going to a dark place, but Ezekiel 34 is dark. It says this, Woe to the shepherds of Israel who only take care of themselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourself with the wool, and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You've not strengthened the weak. Now, we're going to talk about some of the role of elders. Actually, it goes right back here to Ezekiel. You've not strengthened the weak, or healed the sick, or bound up the injured. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. This is down to verse 11. I myself will search for my sheep and look for them. As a shepherd looks for his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look for my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will search, this is verse 16, 
I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. Now check this out. This is what it goes on to say in the following verses. He actually starts out talking to the shepherds and he says, stop taking care of yourselves and and help serve my people. Do you remember the most powerful moment of the best movie that's ever been made when in Braveheart... um, Thank you. Somebody's with me. Um, William Wallace is there talking to the lords and he loses it. He just loses it. And he says, and he just starts walking out when they're all bickering and fighting about stuff. He starts walking out the door and they're like, Wallace, where are you going? And he says, you're so concerned with titles. You're so concerned with position that you've forgotten why your position even exists. You think the people of this land are here to provide you with a position. I think that your position exists to provide those people with freedom. And I go to see that they have it. It's a powerful scene because it reflects exactly what's going on in Ezekiel 34. When God says, you have turned this backwards. You're no longer serving the people. The people are serving you. So I'm going to raise up a shepherd who is going to really serve and love my flock. Driven by love. And that's the first thing I want to say about shepherding today. And I want to, man, some of you, some of you that have it on your heart, that God says, man, I'm calling you to this. I pray that you feel challenged by this message. And But the rest of us as a body, I pray, and I'm talking to all ages right now, I pray that you would engage yourself in this process. Don't let this be a boring church politics, let it be done kind of thing, because that's not what this is. This is from God. And having shepherds that you set up and that, that you look up to, that you know are going to guide your life, you all know we need it. If my life didn't have wiser men and wiser women that I look to, that I listen to, I have no clue where I would be today. I don't trust myself. And that's why God has given us, I praise God for the way we do things sort of in churches of Christ, where I'm not like the head guy. I love that because I'm not smart enough. I love that because I don't trust my own judgment. I need wise people around me. We need that. We need a team. And that's why God designed his church to be that way. But I want to challenge you there. But he goes on and says this in verse 20 about what this shepherd would do. He's talking about Jesus, right? He says this, therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says to them. See, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you shove with flank and shoulder, butting all the weak sheep with your horns until you have driven them away. I will save my flock, and they will no longer be plundered. I will judge between the sheep, one sheep and another. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend to them. He will tend to them, and he will be their shepherd. So this is where Jesus is coming from. You know these verses that people typically apply to the end of the world, where it says, in that day I will separate the, the, the sheep for the goat. I'll put the sheep on my left side. He is not talking about the end of the world. He is talking about his judgment on his people and saying, you will stop bullying my people. And I'm going to come, and I'm going to do something about this. And I'm going to separate you bullies, these people that are hurting my people. I'm going to separate you from my flock. He's going to come in and, and say things like this. But this is where Jesus was coming from when he said, Oh, I have compassion on them because they're sheep without a shepherd. When he talked about the man who owns a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray. 
and the good shepherd who has compassion on the sheep that went astray and goes after him and shows him love. It's where Jesus was coming from when he said this in John 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand. He cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. I want to talk just briefly um, about, and we're going to kind of just work through this. And I'm going to kind of close. We're going to lift this up in prayer. But um, these are some of the titles um, um, that are given to shepherds. And I almost didn't include this because I do not like to get into the Greek and a lot of that stuff when it's unnecessary. Um, but the titles of this, elder, 66 times the word elder is used in the New Testament. It refers to the wisdom of age. Well, what I want to challenge you there in what this means is this. One of the greatest problems, and I discovered this in my time serving in youth ministry, one of the greatest problems we have in the churches today, and I, I hate complaining. I am always like, it's not a matter of talk, it's about power. Go do something. So I hate complaining. But I still believe this. One of the greatest difficulties we have in churches is that we have distinguished so much between age groups. And that the young don't have enough interaction with the elderly. And I really believe that's very serious in the church. I think it's serious for people my age who don't have enough interaction with the elderly who don't have an we need one another and we need the wisdom of age to guide us i really really believe that sitting down and i've i've probably built him up enough over the years and i need to stop doing it but sitting down at the feet of bob bland was life changing for me it was life changing for me it meant so much to sit down and all of the things that Ooh, I'm just going to read this, this quote to you, and you'll understand where I'm coming from. Management is doing things right. Leadership is doing the right things. Uh, that was a quote from Peter Drucker. He was an author. He wasn't even talking about Christianity or the church. He was just talking about running a business. But I thought about that. Management is doing things right, and leadership is doing the right things. Wise people in my life have changed the way I think about what I'm doing. What am I focusing on? What is my direction? And part of the role of a shepherd, part of the role of an elder is to do exactly that. But the reason I wanted to focus first on this title, elders, I want you to think about what God has done in your life. And this is a difficult journey for some of you. If you look back over the years and think about the pain that you've gone through with your children, sometimes with your marriage, with your work, with your own faith, with your own sin, and you just go through this journey of your life and say, man, where has this led me? What have I gone through? All of this, what is it for? And it's for a reason that you're able to sit down and give counsel, even from your mistakes. And what I'm thinking of here is, and, and this is the most incredible example of it to me, remember when Peter... Man, this guy, he wants to set up, he has the zeal of youth, he wants to serve his God. This is all he really wants. And he messes up and he fails. And he feels like, man, who am I? Man, I, I disowned my God. I disowned him. 
And when Jesus reinstates him, he only has one commandment. Peter, do you love me? Yes, you know that I love you. What does he say? Mm, feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? You know I love you. Take care of my sheep. Peter, do you love me? God, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. If you really love me, take care of my flock. If you really love me, take care of my kids. If you really want to show love to me, man, look at these people. And don't think of it as a business that you're trying to direct a certain way. Understand, these are my sheep. These are my children. Show love to them. And what's amazing is this is what Peter writes to the church. In 1 Peter 5, he says this. To the shepherds among you, I appeal to you as a fellow shepherd, a witness of Christ's suffering, and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Shepherd God's flock that is under your care. He just said this. Feed my sheep. He actually does this throughout 1 Peter. He, he's echoing on his own life. Remember, Jesus said to him, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I'm going to build my church. Peter says to the church there, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. He takes all of these things from his own life and his own journey, and he says, man, this is it, and he pours it out to the church. That's what being an elder is. That's what being a shepherd is. is I'm taking all of this pain, all of these failures, all of these mess-ups, all these victories, and I'm going to turn around and I'm going to put it to use. And I'm going to help people. I'm going to guide people. Um, secondly, it's, it's, uh, you're, they're seen as an overseer, a leader. And that's, that's five times in the New Testament. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying. Management is doing things right, but leadership is doing the right things. It's doing what God referred to in Ezekiel 34, strengthening the weak, healing the sick, and binding up the injured. It's having compassion on people. And so I'm going to kind of close with a prayer with you guys here in, in just a moment. Um, and we're, I'm going to have a whole lot more, and hopefully I'll be healthier next week, to kind of give you some of this. But I want this to be a spiritual process for the body here. Um, I, I am not saying this because, uh, for any other reason than other than the fact that it's sincere. A few weeks ago, uh, we were in a Bible study with our elders here. And uh, Brad Daniel and I just sat down and we just had a Bible study. And uh, there was no other reason. Just, to, it just get in the Word together and talk about God's plan and God's direction and where the Spirit would lead the body. Where would he take us? And we walked out of the meeting, and I just remember, like, we were talking, and we were like, wow, did that just happen? That is so beautiful to sit down and just have a Bible study and prayer. The culture right now, I believe, that is in our eldership is very beautiful. It's very powerful. Um, and I think there's a lot of wisdom. And I, I just want to challenge our body here to pray for that that what is at the center of who we are, especially as a leadership, and who's the center of who we are as families and everything else. I just pray that God's Spirit resides there. I thought in class this morning, in Carrie's class, we were talking about, I've had one prayer for the church. What's a, what, what is a direction? What do we want? And just one simple phrase is always in my mind, and it's this. I want every individual to enjoy a dynamic walk with God. And that word dynamic means a whole lot to me because it means characterized. Uh, 
by constant change. Characterized by constant change, enjoying a walk with God where every one of us is led in a direction wherever His Spirit takes us. Engaging in His work and doing what He is. And that's what my prayer is for the eldership and for the body here, is that we do that. It says this in 1 Thessalonians 5. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. And again in 2 Corinthians 5, and this is the verse I wanted to close with. And this is, this is a challenge to you who would say, man, I'm not sure that that's for me. I don't have time for that. Um, I'm terrified of that. I'm not qualified. I'm not worthy of that. All these other, Why would I want to go into a job that is so thankless? Where I'm the subject of criticism constant. I'm, I'm not tearing it down. It's not that bad, right? But where I'm the subject of criticism, where people are going to look at me with all of their complaints about what the church should be and shouldn't be, and why would I want to even put myself in that position? The most important thing is this. I believe the shepherds of the body here are shepherding. I was a part of a church one time where an amazing man, he was a great man, but I could not believe that this happened. Even publicly this happened. He stood up before the eldership and before the church and he asked if he could step out of the eldership so he could shepherd. That actually happened. And they gave him a position in the church so that he could shepherd. Because we were so consumed with doing stuff that wasn't shepherding, we didn't even know how to change it. And so a guy actually stepped out of the eldership and became a shepherd. That's how dark it can get and how weird it can get. Right now, I believe we're in a place where our shepherds are shepherding. But that's a beautiful thing. And it says this in 2 Corinthians 5. Christ's love compels us. Because we're convinced that one died for all. And therefore all died. Why do we do what we do? Because Christ's love compels us. Because all of my life. I have wanted to look at this God that has transformed me and has caused me to be a fervent believer in him. And I've wanted to somehow say, thank you. I've wanted somehow to say, my God, I love you. And he says, this is how you can do that. Feed my sheep. Take care of my flock. Tend to my lambs. This is love. And so I want you to be praying about this process, but most importantly, I pray that you would engage in it. Be praying fervently about it Um, because this church and any other church and however we view God's kingdom, we talked about in class this morning, man, we are never, ever more than a generation away from complete apostasy. Ever. And every single generation has to learn again what it is to fall in love with humility and serving an amazing God. And our shepherds, that's a heavy part of their responsibility, is keeping me and keeping you and keeping us on track and serving God in sincerity and in truth. So let's kind of go before our God in prayer. And let's just lift this up. And I'm going to have a lot more to say next week about some of this. But I pray that this is a spiritual process for the body here, uh, something that is very guided by his spirit. Uh, My Father, um, I thank you for showing us what it is to be a shepherd. Uh, caring for people. And I pray, God, that you would keep teaching us what it means to love. 
Um, God, that um, when we look at the body and we look out at family and we look at those that, uh, may, that aren't even here this morning, God, that, 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 that feel overlooked, that feel like they're not cared for, that all of these things, God, I just pray, God, that you would lift up our eyes and see where you're leading us as the chief shepherd. Uh, teach us to love people and to love the lost, to really love the lost, to love the lost like children, um, and not to love them as numbers. I pray, God, that you would instill that in us as a body and you would instill that more and more in our leadership here. But I ask that your spirit would bless what we are doing. And I pray that you would raise up um, men who even at a young age right now would aspire to be a servant in your kingdom that would serve in this way. I love you guys so much for what you've shown us and for the way you guide us. It's in Christ we come before you. Amen. Let's stand and worship our God together.